5: Hey, everybody. What's going on? Rob Sesternino back here with my bells here to talk about Amazing Race 34, episode number two, a supersized episode of The Amazing Race. And here with me to break it down, our Amazing Race panel. First, joining us, our chief Amazing Race correspondent, who I suspect can yodel. Jessica Lees, Jess, how are you?
4: I'm doing great, Rob. Uh, before we get started, I, I did I forgot my hat. Do I need to bring it in, or is it okay? Uh, if we just get yeah, going it?
5: Um, you really should get it. Um, all right, you should go get well, it. Yeah.
4: I, I think it's in the car. Mm-hmm. I might I might have to go get it later.
5: Okay. All right. All right. Well, let's start and let's uh, see how how we we'll go. See how it goes. And also back with us a man who uh, covers all of the reality TV franchises and much more course uh you know him as mike but i know him uh, by his uh nickname bloom bloom uh here is <laughs> give it up for mike bloom
6: i did take a dna test turns out i'm 100 percent glenda and lumumba's child so yeah sorry it had to come out like this the, actually, the resemblance
5: uh, is striking
6: i mean listen i'm surprised people didn't call it out sooner i actually did remember my hat
2: so <laughs> yes. i'm here
6: i'm ready to go uh, I've got everything straightened out here. I'm here to talk about Haiti or Jamaica and all the other Caribbean countries yeah. on this episode of the. Amazing no, House.
5: I really did feel like uh, also that I think that this would be a leg that Mike Bloom would have just crushed. I think that uh, Mike that Mike Bloom. I think uh, you know, get him, get him a some some travelocity points to uh, go to uh, Peru.
6: Yeah, that's the thing is, uh, Jess, I feel like if you and I were an Amazing Race team together, like, this is our five holes, like, mm-hmm. right? And yes. listen, uh, like, people were who ran this leg who had no musical ability were absolutely SOL. But that being said, give me any of this above all of the smash this, roll this, saw this from mm-hmm. last week. I'm perfectly happy. I loved this episode. 90-minute episode, and I enjoyed every minute of the 90. Yeah. yeah, it's
4: just too bad we wouldn't have made it past the first leg, Mike.
6: Exactly. That's the thing. You just have to hope when you enter the race, uh, having the the composers that we do, that you hope the opening leg is all the singing and dancing tasks, and that you're you're definitely screwed from there on out.
5: Now the first leg was such a crapshoot uh, that uh, Team uh, Race Podcasts I think would have been uh, off to a flying start. I think so. Maybe uh, not even needing uh, more than one uh, try for uh, either of the stops on this uh, leg of the amazing race. But uh, we'll talk about it all. Uh, Rex and Tim, sadly. You know, I was feeling kind of good about Rex and Tim, uh, where that they sort of like they came through last week and they were, you know, what, sixth place. Uh, And then they were sort of... uh, you know, partnered up with, um, the brothers and then they ultimately like, we're like, okay, well these guys, like they know their way around. That's like seemingly like the weak spot, but just ran into a buzzsaw in a couple of tasks that, uh, did not seem to be in the wheelhouse.
4: And it Sadly. was a tough leg now, for that.
5: Yeah. Yeah. So we will have an exit interview. Uh, we'll talk with Rex and Tim later on today on the, Thursday as uh we gear up for next week's mega leg boy that didn't take long to get to uh mega leg
4: not surprised and it's 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 a cheat mm-hmm. that's not elimination leg
5: hmm yeah only took three weeks to get to uh the mega leg uh we did see it coming uh we'll see I was kind of hoping that for Rex and Tim's sake I was like oh maybe there's a chance we get like a uh, keep racing uh to keep them going um they were fun to have on the show.
6: Oh, yeah. One hundred percent. I think, listen, when you get Rex Ryan on the show, you hope he's on for more than one leg. But, you know, even if it's just for one, that uh, he'll be able to provide a lot of quality entertainment. And luckily, he was on for not one, but two, even though Rex is always always concerned with the things that are at the end of those two legs.
5: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah,
6: I think they, they really just got off on the wrong foot.
5: Yeah, yeah, okay. What are you gonna do? So, uh. Yeah, are, you, are you
6: surprised Rex didn't choose the dancing just because of the beat? While well, they probably were less talented at it, it's just, you know, why resist the temptation?
5: <laughs> so. I'm not going for the low hanging fruit. Uh, and I don't know. Like, I feel like that Rex is not much of a dancer. I think if he was, I think he probably would have been on dancing with the stars uh, by now. I mean, he does, you know, uh, work with, uh, you know, maybe cornerbacks and maybe they have to like, uh, and again, I am I'm being totally professional here when I'm talking about their footwork. Uh, but I don't think that necessarily, I think they chose the right task here to, to go with the bells. Unfortunately, it seemed like Tim was the problem.
4: Frickin' Tim, <laughs> yeah, I think Rex is rethinking his choice of partner now.
5: Yeah, I mean, uh, the, look, uh, maybe Tim wanted to go on the race, but you know, you're telling me like uh, Darrell Revis uh, wouldn't have been a better partner.
6: I mean, listen, that would have been an incredible universe that I would have wanted to live in. It was just odd. I mm-hmm. tweeted about this last night. Like, even just, Bart Scott, just seeing this idea of Claire from Big Brother 23. Having an out-and-out conversation with former NFL coach Rex Ryan, the topic of discussion being yodeling, Yodeling. like the Amazing Race can be such a mad libs of Mm -hmm. odd fan fiction things that bring together a smattering from a bunch of different universes. And I I absolutely love that we got this one in particular, even though, as you mentioned, perhaps if it was the Ryan brothers, for instance, they would have been able to, to make it a skosh Further, because i mean listen mm-hmm. it seemed like from our perspective despite uh, rex's yodel gaff, they would have been in there to make the mega leg uh were it not for the bells the bells seem to truly be like the final nail they their toll
5: topic. for the rex <laughs> and tim just in your professional opinion how close do you think that rex and tim were to uh not being last place
4: Well, it's tricky because it was an indoor pit stop. So we don't have like the position of the sun or anything. I'm going to say in this modern era of amazing race, we don't have the situation where Phil is standing on the mat for hours waiting for the last team to straggle in. I think if it's any more than like 45 minutes, Phil goes out and gets them. Mm -hmm. Like they're not going to, they're not going to wait around. They don't have that kind of time or money anymore. So I'm going to guess it might have been. I don't think it was competitive, but I also don't think it was I don't I don't think they were so far in the back of the pack that it would have been ridiculous to think they could have, you know, one error could have put them back where they wanted to be. The thing that
5: I was really banking on was, boy, we haven't seen Quentin and Maddie in a shot with any other teams. And it is the classic like amazing race trope. Last team, distant last place team is acing the tasks. They are back in this. Okay. You thought they were out, but look at them now. They're breezing through everything. I was like, okay, maybe Quentin and Maddie are like, you know, four hours behind everybody. Um, But no, they do. uh, They did ace the tasks and they do squeak in there uh, before uh, Rex. Mike, did you feel like that maybe Rex and Tim were going to be able to avoid last place?
6: Oh, 100%. And that's one big reason why I really liked this episode. Now, look, I read the comments last week. Uh, I know that we were probably a bit more down on the idea of the scramble than I think a lot of the other people. that. Just- oh, I'm
5: sorry that we had an opinion, uh, listeners. Why? Who was what, uh, who- what
4: on YouTube? I'm where were, where were these comments? No, that- where why are, are you comments? reading the comments in the first yeah. place,
6: Mike? No, it, well, oh, it's, listen, it's I'm, important I'm, to uh, get the I'm feedback. A Glenn for pu- yeah. I'm a glutton for punishment. Uh, but I also think. Who said these well, things, I Mike? Think- uh, I will also. I will say. I won't name names. Name I the will platform. You can
5: name the platform.
6: Uh, I will. Na- I will say all of them. All uh, of them. <laughs> oh, I, sorry. Well, I,
5: you love your scramble, everybody.
6: Well, what I will say though is, I think from like a more you know just viewer-based perspective of okay, I'm just gonna like watch 42 minutes of the Amazing Race. Like, okay, that's fun. I think it's admittedly and not to like uh put ourselves up too much on on that that pedestal but like i think when you're people who are expressly supposed to come in and be like okay we're gonna tell you how each team ended up getting the way that they do like it was so much more difficult for us so listen i was incredibly happy with the return to form Mm -hmm. this week of like very straightforward in terms of tasks it was literally just roadblock detour pit stop but What I loved is that the extra 30 minutes gave us plenty of time to get to know so many more of these teams. We got to know so many personal details and only the second leg. And my favorite part is just so much play shifting, right? Just due to, I think, the skill level of the tasks afforded. Again, instead of last week, where it seemed pretty much like just brute force could get you through all three tasks, this one did seem to require some adjudicated skill in all three tasks that we essentially went through. And so there was a lot going on, including... Quinton and Maddie, who for my mark might have had like one of the biggest comebacks I've seen on The Amazing Race in recent memory. It's interesting because at the beginning of the leg, you know, they they sort of vocalize it of, Oh, yeah, you know, we got turned around for a few minutes, but we're fine now. We're actually going to the right country. And so you think like, OK, maybe they're like eighth or ninth now. But no, it was a mistake that cost them apparently like a couple of hours time. We've seen them just come into the roadblock as Claire and Derek were leaving. And to your point, Rob. They didn't see anybody for the rest of the leg, So I thought they were doomed with all caps. Uh, so to see them actually be able to come back, I thought was absolutely thrilling. And as much as it sucks to see Rex and Tim go, I thought it was a really fantastic thing to see. This is why we love the Amazing Race, right? Because in true race-based fashion, anybody can catch up at any point in time. You can never count yourself out.
2: mm mm-hmm.
4: Well, it's interesting, Mike, that you that you say that because I think one of the reasons we don't see comebacks like that very often is because in this recent era of Amazing Race, we don't get we don't let people get that far behind. And I feel like when there was a bigger spread, I understand why they don't do it anymore. Maybe it's not ever gonna be practical again, but when there's a bigger spread, I think you you can't come back from behind if you never get behind in the first place, you know,
2: mm-hmm.
4: we haven't had a team screw up like in such a horrible, colossal way that it was worth spending a whole episode on it. You know,
5: mm-hmm. oh. are we back to talking about the jets again, uh, between, uh, Jets, <laughs> <laughs> sp- and maybe, uh, falling that far behind where they can, uh, have a miracle comeback. Yeah, I was uh, gonna
6: say. Uh, yeah, I don't know if any Bengals were on the race, but they were probably. I guess Rex and Tim were the Bengals in this instance, right? <laughs> like they thought they had a comfortable spot right now, but then here come Quinton and Maddie surging up the, you know, on the on the left hand side, able to pass them at the very last second.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So. Let's talk through this uh, leg of the race. Uh, Jess, we are departing in groups of three. We started doing that again uh, last season. Do we like this or is it no difference?
4: I don't like it because I like, I think we are getting away from placement meaning anything. And, you know, we always say that the only thing you have to do on Amazing Race is not come in last place. But, To make it more competitive, you know, they give away prizes on the legs. And then the other thing that you get for finishing ahead of another team is that you get to then start that leg ahead of another team. And in this instance, I don't think it mattered that much because this really mimics the order in which they checked in in the first place. And that we had that same bunch that all checked in within a few seconds of each other. I think they all left at the same time. Mm -hmm. But I do like... And I also don't like that they've moved away from, you know, you checked in at 3.47 p.m. So now you can depart at 3.47 a.m. I used to like that part of it, too, Mm -hmm. because it gave you a sense of where everybody was. And they they're kind of obfuscating that now. They don't want you to know. But the only reason we'd ever know when anybody finished ahead or behind of anybody else is when we ask them in their exit interview. So we're doing a public service, but Mm -hmm. it would be nice if the show would give us a little more sense of what the spread is.
5: Yeah, and we haven't gone back and looked at it, at least I haven't to see like you know it's like okay these three teams finished in there, but it might it might be like you know somebody came in like a minute later like well, what's the cutoff uh, between uh, where they're uh, grouping these teams?
6: I will also say that I think in this case they could have afforded a bit more of a gap time between groups. So these were only fifteen minutes and. It worked out nicely in that, like, the drive ended up being such a good equalizer, in addition to the roadblock, which really was truly the great equalizer, and that a lot of the teams ended up getting caught up to each other. But with so many teams, right? It was three, three, four, four, I think, were the divisions. Like, I think they could have spaced it apart a bit more, right? Like, give a little bit more flowers to the first three teams by having them depart 30 minutes uh, ahead of the others instead. But yeah, I, I mean, I could understand why they did it last leg and assumingly for future legs when they're flying to other countries, right? Because the entire idea was like, OK, well, now we're flying everyone on one big plane and we're starting it that way. Here, though, it was one of those rare, at least for this era, of the Amazing Race. OK, we're going to pick up where we left off in the exact same location. And so it was still a little odd. I, I'm, I'm a little intrigued as to why exactly they still instituted this i will imagine in future legs once we actually start with the big old amazing race plane flying into another country and starting people off this way that i think it'll be, be a bit more palatable then again okay well you checked in first place congratulations uh but you're going to put you in cluster almost like getting on an airplane right like you're in a, a departure group one uh we'll call you up from the amazing race counter and then you're able to check in yeah,
4: yeah. okay mike galaxy brain time do we think they had a pit stop was there any kind of pit stop because there were a couple of a couple of seasons ago i think we noticed that people were checking in and then they were just continuing and they'd get the shot of them opening the clue on the next thing but they weren't actually stopping for a pit stop because they were keeping the schedule really tight do you think they had any kind of break
6: that's a really good question because yeah i believe i think i want to say that the opening leg of season 32 may have had uh that similar keep on racing effect or maybe it was the second leg as well that got cut out it could very much be the case especially considering that like again the next leg wasn't any sort of flight it was just hey drive yourself across the border maybe it was like a few hours break right because they ended up leaving in the afternoon uh so and we talked about the sort of truncated time frame that the scramble took place in maybe it was like it was either a 24 hour pit stop or it was a 0 hour pit stop essentially
5: yeah,
0: because
5: I asked Asta and Nina about uh, how long was all of the first leg. And they said, I think it was about like three hours. Um, so I wonder if... I've
6: done podcasts that are longer than The Scramble. Um, for
5: sure, for sure. Um, so it, The Scramble was very quick. Um, but I I feel like it would have been later in the evening. It didn't seem like the sun was uh, going down. I I wonder if maybe the first day, like it, it was three hours, but maybe they got started like later. Uh, I, I don't feel like it was all the same day. The first two legs, but it will be yeah. a good, good question to ask uh, Rex and Tim.
4: Yeah, we'll add it to our list mm-hmm. uh, under all of the football questions. That could be a Tim question. Yeah, we need some Tim questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were joking before we got on here that maybe I'd just let Rob interview Rex, and then Tim and I can have our own separate conversation.
5: Yeah, and really, uh, time is but one letter away from Tim, so that's mm. you know, just just push those all to him yeah <laughs> i mean on survivor they're talking about uh you know uh justine is uh just that her yeah. parents wanted a, b- a boy named justin they just added an e to it maybe uh tim is just time uh <laughs> with an e this
1: is this is
6: getting into
4: gary Busey territory <laughs>
6: drop <laughs> yeah. the e keep the tim
5: yeah okay I do wonder if uh livin' actually uh, could be an acronym uh, an abuseism, but maybe that's an again uh, Well we know
6: we know how Cody does on vocabulary tests. I do not think that's the correct spelling if it ends up being an acronym. Yeah, maybe
5: save that for the B and B. Okay, so uh our teams departed, and uh, we are going to be heading for Grunwalderhof?
6: Huh?
4: Yeah, Grunwalderhof?
6: Yeah. Grunwalderhof, Austria, not Germany. Uh and yeah this will be the thing that we think initially sinks Quentin and Maddie's games. Now, here's the question. How much do we put it at their feet versus how much do we put it at the feet of this one woman Mike, that they asked? Stop it like, with these oh, jokes, yeah, it's, it's, okay?
5: We get it. <laughs> we get it. Knock it off.
6: Uh but but there she's like, "Oh yeah, it's definitely in Germany. It's like 10 minutes away." I I think obviously she should take the play, but at the same time like you gotta have enough common sense, especially early on in the Amazing Race where Killer Fatigue hasn't really set in to be like, hmm, when it says Innsbruck, Austria, I, I'm pretty sure that's not in Germany. Well, I
4: liked the second lady they asked directions from who literally said in this you know, very, very German deadpan, this is not in Germany.
5: <laughs> yep. It's, that's, you know, Just when was the last time we had Amazing Racers realize, oh, we're in the wrong country?
4: It's been a while. Mm -hmm. It's been a minute since we've had that kind of a screw up.
5: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so uh, ultimately, that's going to be what uh, we're going to see Maddie and Quentin having to overcome uh, the entire race. And uh, they look like they're in trouble. As far as the other teams go... um, Nobody else really struggled with uh, getting there. Everybody, you know, uh, ultimately uh, got their maps out and it seemed like that everybody else, uh, you know, was able to get there without much of an issue.
6: I mean, German highway system, very efficient. Very
5: efficient, that's what they say.
6: Exactly, Uh, yeah, the trains run in time and so does the highways. Uh, I I will say, Cherique, very much, uh, I think, unfortunately, representing her generation, right? And being like, I don't know how to read a map. I, I'm only used to getting directions on my phone. Like that is totally respectable. Uh, going on the amazing race, you should probably learn how to read a map, especially since I'm assuming the play that they had set up was that Linton was going to do all the driving and Sharik was going to do all the navigating.
4: Yeah, well, Kim and Penn last season said that the number one thing they did to prepare was they did orienteering. And they just practiced reading maps and finding themselves on maps and getting there as fast as possible. I think you should add that to your list. Like, do you know how to swim? Do you know how to drive stick? And have you taken an orienteering course?
5: Update the JL rules, okay? There you go. But just, I think it's interesting because that when the show started, like, it probably was a not uncommon for people to have, like, you know, a giant, like, map or atlas in their car in 2001 uh, when people were first doing the Amazing Race. But now it would be unimaginable that people have maps in their cars.
4: Yeah, and that, that's probably why we see that they had maps furnished to them mm-hmm. this time. But you also... Even with the maps, every time they ask someone for directions, they're whipping out their phone and they're like just copying the directions off the phone onto the map. Mm -hmm. And I think I cannot remember what it was like. I know I've been on trips where where there was no GPS and we had to rely on maps, but I don't remember what that was like anymore. I think we've all like that part of our brains just kind of it's been taken out
6: and Mm -hmm. replaced
4: by TikToks.
6: Mm-hmm. Well, what I don't think is also interesting is that to add on to that, you know, Shereek is not entirely comfortable reading a map, yet Linton also brings up like, okay, all these other teams that we got grouped with are leaving, maybe we should follow them. And she's like, no, 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 we follow them, we're behind them, which in general is like, I guess a good philosophy to take mm-hmm. maybe in life, right? Blaze your own trail.
5: Followers are always behind.
6: But maybe the amazing grace you could follow, you mm-hmm. know. Like I think it's okay to drift off a little bit, especially early on when you're not exactly that confident in your navigational skills.
4: Well, but then we saw what happens when you do that. What if you follow the team that's going the wrong way?
6: I mean, in that case, at least you then have two or three other teams that you can be alongside, as opposed to if you're by yourself, lost. Then you've pretty much sunk your game, unless you're Quinton and Maddie are an expecting umpteenth musical tasks coming. Yeah. Up.
5: I thought that was the best thing that Rex and Tim did was when they said, hey, we're going to follow Marcus and Michael. These guys know what they're doing. And that's really it was like once they got separated from Marcus and Michael, that was uh, like kind of the beginning of the end.
4: Yeah, but that was down to the tasks. Like, I think they mm-hmm. would have been content to run the race together the whole time. Yeah. But Let's... it didn't work out so well for Croquettas
1: and Will and Abby.
7: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
5: Let's talk about our yodeling task. Just have we done this before
4: on The Amazing Race? I feel like we have. There's been a lot of, like, Bavarian slash Tyrolean singing tasks over the years. And I don't think it's... Like, they try to set it up a little bit differently, but... This is very reminiscent of what they have people do in this in this area.
5: Have either of you ever attempted to yodel?
6: Not since that boy was found in a Walmart doing it. That made me feel like uh, my time has passed. You either learn at a young age or you don't learn it at all, in my opinion. It's something that has to be uh, enforced to stick in your gray matter for these number of years and does not go away, unlike map reading skills.
2: Mm hmm.
4: They weren't actually making them yodel either. Yes. Because there is a special thing you have to do. And Mike, as a singer, you know, you have to switch between your chest voice and your head voice. And that's what yodeling basically is. They weren't actually making them do that. They were just making them sing the song. And it's probably because if you're tone deaf enough, you may not have a distinction between your chest voice and your head voice.
6: That's interesting. So I guess the more I think about it, the more I realize maybe, is my Krista Hasty impression, Rob, a, a yodel without even realizing it? A backdoor yodel?
5: Backdoor yodel. Uh, it could be. Can I say something that maybe I'm embarrassed to admit? I don't really understand why people yodel. Is it, uh, they seem to imply that it's to call the cows. Do the cows respond to the yodel? Are people just doing it for fun?
4: I mean, you got to make your own fun. They have long winters mm-hmm. there. And, you know, there's all kinds of weird things you can do with the human voice. That's just for you, Um, Mm R-H-A-P-O-O-C. There's all kinds of weird things you can do, and different cultures find different things they can do with their voice. Like, I think this is kind of in the realm of, like, the two of them throat singing where you—
6: I was about to say throat singing, Yeah.
4: Yeah. So this is just like, oh, that one guy did it and it sounded kind of cool. So one other it's how all of music works. Another guy riffs on it. And then pretty soon they're off in their own little realm yodeling.
5: Right. And The trending sound, people want to yeah. re- reuse it. Right.
4: Yep. All of music is copying and iterating. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
6: exactly. It's a nice it's a sample. Right. That uh, that has been used throughout time. It's free domain. Yeah. I don't think it's used for any Animal calls. And I will say this is definitely, I think, one of the trickier roadblock roadblock prompts. I think I've seen a little bit, right? I'm like, who wants to call the cows home? Nary, was there a cow in the distance? Though perhaps it was because the yodeling was so bad from these contestants that the cows are like, I'm not going anywhere near there. They're moving Mm -hmm. away from
5: it. They only go to good yodeling. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Okay, so we had where Claire and Derek X were the first to arrive and we almost never see this on The Amazing Race, where one team is having so much trouble that almost every single... Were they the last team to depart from?
6: Almost, yeah. They they were leaving as Quinton and Maddie were arriving. Right. So they went from first out of one to that one because they slipped all the way down to 11th by the end of the roadblock.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this was a struggle for Claire. Um, Derek X called uh, his partner tone-deaf.
4: You know, some people—if you never learn it—it's mm-hmm. it's the hardest thing in the world. And if you studied it since you were small, I, th- I feel like maybe their mistake there was they should have had Derek do the roadblock. But 2020 yeah. hindsight, they didn't have enough information.
6: Mike, how do you yeah, think? It's only 2022. <laughs> Mike, how
5: do you think that uh, Derek would have done on this roadblock based on what we've seen of him on these shows?
6: Listen, I do not want to necessarily uh, fan the flames of the reality TV stands out there. But honestly, so far in the amazing race, like Derek X kind of seems like the perfect partner. Like, this guy has so many random skills that he's pulling from, right? Like, he was able to cleave that ice block in Twain last time super easily. (laughs) This time he played piano and so, like, aced the bells as well. So, I think he actually would have done fairly okay. I mean, we showed off a bit of his musical skills when he played that Lord of the Latrine (laughs) trumpet last time. So, maybe that musical (laughs) ability would have carried over to the yodeling, too.
5: Jess, do you know about the Lord of the Latrine?
4: This is... I was still watching the season at the time that Lord of the Latrine happened.
5: (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that the costume is not totally dissimilar from the Lord of the Latrine that they wore on this episode.
6: Yeah, I was trying to think, like, when... uh, I think we've seen alpine stuff before obviously when uh when nicole was october fist right uh hmm. or when she had the she wore the the punishment costume i think in big brother 16 uh so we've definitely doted on that as well across cbs reality but yeah i mean that's the thing as well is like if derek did, wouldn't do well at this then sir you have no right to like outright diagnose claire uh as tone deaf <laughs> you know do you have a degree on your wall derek x are you allowed to do that if you indeed would have also suffered at the hands of these yodelers
5: yeah all right uh so the teams are showing up to uh get there uh that's from the the, f- the first pair uh the uh, newlyweds uh, d- d- uh that's the I guess team name for uh Glenda and Lamumba who had a great episode uh they are there's so much fun to
4: watch I love them mhm yeah
6: yeah the, the, and I'm just, and there I think the main ones I think of of like okay I'm glad we got that extra time with the teams because like Again, we really knew nothing about them outside of the height jokes last time, and now we know like their desires for what comes next. Literally, once they get back home, the family making starts right now in the uh, boom boom like room. It's its own... Exactly, it's its own. Is that you think that's where the nickname's going to come from? I'm very intrigued by the the future nickname that they've already planned out.
4: Could this be the first instance of a child conceived on The
6: Amazing Race? Hmm. <laughs> mm. Maybe that's a reason why they decided, like, oh, we heard these plans. Okay, no pit stops. We don't want to have to have a team leave due to like a a positive pregnancy test. You have to keep going, okay? If you want to do it, it's on your own time. I think they'd
5: be okay. The Amazing Race is very short.
6: Yeah, they wouldn't know until we got back.
5: Yeah, I think that if if a baby could be conceived on the Amazing Race, I think the teams could finish the Amazing Race.
4: Yeah, they wouldn't even know anything was different.
5: (laughs) Yeah. I think I think it'd be okay. Um but uh boy what a story that would be for Boom Boom. Is Boom Boom short for something?
6: Oh, uh, I hope so. I don't want <laughs> I don't want the child's name to be Boom Boom. Boom Boom sounds like the nickname for a linebacker at the Ohio State University. Like, what a future Mm -hmm. are you trying to create for this child? I like that
2: kid.
5: (laughs) Boom Boom.
6: (laughs) I've already recruited him. (laughs)
5: Yeah, get him in the 3-4 defense.
6: Yeah, but we don't know,
4: like, we don't know what position this kid's going to play because we don't know what size he's going to be.
5: At the start of the sentence, I thought you were going one way, and I was (laughs) happy with where it landed. Okay. Yeah, uh, But
6: but I do like the fact that Glenn and Lumumba, I, I like also the running bit besides Boom Boom and besides Lumumba yelling out at the roadblock in front of an entire ass group of people, uh, Austrians that don't know these people like, this is going to make our future child. Like I, I the, the translation hopefully, might have hopefully gotten lost on those guys. But I like the fact that we're sort of getting this underlying current of like, they're learning a lot about each other Uh, and it even comes out here when they get directions right and it's like the infamous okay do you want turn by turn or do you want an overall route and it seems like from the next time on that's going to very much come to the forefront between these two Uh, their boom booms might more so be them butting heads than anything.
5: Okay, uh, so the teams are all headed towards uh, the yodeling, and uh, we see, you know, uh, right off the bat, uh, both Claire and Rex Ryan are are struggling uh, with this. Now, for Claire, it sounds like that it's just like uh, an issue in terms of her musical ability. For Rex Ryan, and I feel like I didn't know this uh, that uh, Rex Ryan is dyslexic, and he was having a hard time with reading all of the words and the lyrics.
6: Yeah, I'm pretty sure the story, if I recall correctly, was like he only really found out, like, 2006 seven mm-hmm. uh because his son i think had gotten tested for adhd and so he's like all right let me get myself tested but i was like oh actually rex you're dyslexic you're dysrexic mm-hmm. uh perhaps and I was so waiting for yeah. you to
4: say that mike
6: but who would have who would have thought it was a night for uh dyslexia awareness on cbs reality and i yeah. think where one succeeds in ellie one falls in rex ryan mm-hmm. really dyslexia and hats that was the theme of the night <laughs> Maybe that's why they're like, all right, we've got a connecting theme between these two episodes. Make them 90 minutes a piece. Don't squeeze the real love boat in.
5: Mm hmm. Yeah. Um. Interesting that this was the 90 minute episode of the amazing race. Uh, I think we were talking about this at one point of like, what was the origin story? Was it just like, Hey, the real love boats, not ready. did survivor want a 90 minute episode. And so the amazing race had to like pad a, what would probably have been a 60 minute episode. Mike, I feel like you're so tapped in. Uh, what do you think that this ultimately ended up with uh two 90 minute episodes this week?
6: I think my assumption is because this is, you know, the umpteen time that we put out the disclaimer that oftentimes the length and airtime of episodes are not determined by the production company that makes these shows. But by the network that schedules these shows out, my assumption and hope that I'm trying to manifest out there is that CBS is trying to put out a little test balloon of, okay. Do we need to keep making these one hour Rob Cesarino and Jetty Autumn feeder shows uh, that need to like squeeze in between our reality TV lineups, or could we get away with producing 90 minute episodes of these shows and put them back to back? So my hope is that they were just sort of piloting this out to see if it would actually work. In my opinion, on both fronts, I do think it was a a big success, Uh, but that would be my initial assumption because yeah, even looking at both episodes, I don't think any of them were as like hugely climactic or eventful enough to necessitate the 90 minute runtime. I mean, again, the Amazing Race episode had a lot of placement changing, which was exciting. But also it was only three tasks in a 90 minute episode. You'd think if they knew it was a 90 minute episode ahead of time, they would have put much more into the leg, Like the mega lake would have been a 90 minute episode.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, well, Amazing Race Canada packs five legs into a 60 minute episode, you know, so it's. I I think you're right, Mike. It's like, let's just take any random episode and add 30 minutes to it and see if it's still watchable. And in this case, this is a good place to have that episode when there's this many teams left and this much to do. I do not think a 90-minute episode when there are five teams left and three tasks on the leg, that's not going to be as fun to watch.
5: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that that's a good theory of CBS uh, feeling like, hey, it's gotta be cheaper to, you know, we have if we have two reality yeah. shows, like uh, could we get these reality shows to be 90 minutes instead of like having to make a third reality show to fill a third hour? I think that's a, that's a good theory. But I also do think that Survivor could have requested a 90-minute episode for their second episode. They asked for basically a two-hour episode. They knew they only had one tribal council that they were doing... In in the first episode so obviously survivor created their their premiere knowing it was a two-hour episode and i wonder if they wanted to then follow that up with okay now give us 90 minutes for the second week because we really need to establish who these characters are and maybe they feel like that that's like something that they really want to do on survivor
6: yeah though you never know i mean uh ghosts right like is something they could just throw on for random half hour to fill in the gaps that amazing race could air at 10 but i think it worked really nicely together i mean listen it was a bit of a marathon i think we'll figure out by the end of this between the three of us if we felt the pairing of survivor and amazing race was a match made in heaven considering this is really the first time they're doing it for an entire season but again i really enjoyed it if they indeed move forward with 90 minute episodes my hope and maybe this pushes against your point rob of like all right, listen, we can sort of, like, stretch the same amount of content without having to produce a, a random sh- a show that ends up being in the middle there. My hope is then just, like, put more tasks into the episode, which unfortunately might be antithetical to their idea of, like, same amount of content, but cheaper.
5: Mm-hmm. So... Is there anything from the yodeling task uh, in particular that you want to highlight? Or would it be easier to talk about the actual teams and then go through uh, how they ultimately fared throughout the whole leg?
6: I think that makes more sense because, you know, the detour, I feel like there was not a lot to write home about in comparison to the yodeling, right? Again, it was more musical stuff. It was either doing our traditional dance, which it seemed like there was that many problems with. I will say the task judge was... A little odd uh in doing the whole like swerve thing right of like sometimes the task judges love love to f what the amazing race contested right of like Mm-mm, yeah you got it uh <laughs> but i think the task judge said sorry that was near perfect yeah like, that's uh, very much like dunking you into cold water and then immediately putting you into hot water yeah
5: that makes me mad because i don't care if you do a fake out but the, like make the fake out make sense
4: yeah, near Austrian style. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, actually, that the task judge reminded me a little bit of um of Jurgen from last season of Great British Bake Off.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh.
6: Interesting.
4: Like a little bit of the deadpan there. And I'm not sure that everybody was prepared for the deadpan.
2: hmm
6: <laughs> Oh man. I wish I wish when they went to, to London last year that we could have had more appearance from bake-off contestants. I think they really missed a well, especially didn't they have like, oh no, that was. That was in France that they did the cake? No, yeah. England, they did the cake decorating, Yeah, they did the right? cake
4: and decorating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, well,
6: just bring, bring in a couple people. Bring in your, uh, yeah, bring in everybody. Bring, yeah. Even bring in, bring in Paul Hollywood there to, like, give the Hollywood handshake if they get the you, the the United Kingdom, the European Union cor- uh, questions correct.
5: hmm yeah, okay. Should we start with the uh, teams that uh, did the best, or should we start at the bottom of the pack?
4: Um, I think we can start at the top and work our way down. That's how the show does
5: it. All right. uh, So let's talk about uh, the adventures of uh, Marcus and Michael uh, who had – such an interesting uh, uh, ride in this episode where I think that they learned a lot about each other um, that I think that Michael felt like uh, pretty good about, you know, his saxophone playing. Okay. I'm going to be able to dominate here uh, with my musical ability. What he didn't know is that he had a secret clarinet player who would actually be the MVP in Marcus.
6: Uh-oh, is that going to be the next show that comes around if we don't get 90-minute episodes, undercover clarinet player? hmm Yeah, this was interesting because, again, you, you think that uh, these guys, again, like, the entire story coming in was that Michael followed Marcus and everything he did, including into the military, but they remind us that, like, they're eight years apart. We learned last episode, right, they only see each other once or twice. And the more I'm looking at it, the more I'm realizing, like, outside of Emily and Molly, do these guys like know each other the least out of all the amazing race teams this season?
5: Mm -hmm.
4: It's kind of ironic.
5: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, It was interesting about the big like uh, age gap between the two of them, uh, where I think it was Marcus was talking about how um, that uh, almost, I I got the sense as somebody who uh, I have a, you know, I I'm uh, eight years older than my brother and that, I felt like that uh, Marcus was saying that um, that Michael grew up differently than he grew up. Like it was almost like that he grew up in a like a, the, the, the parents were different people by the time that Michael came along.
4: Is he saying that he's the do over?
5: Yeah, I think so. Where uh, talking about how like, oh, he had like saxophone lessons like uh, like uh, who are these people?
6: Yeah, they're like, oh, all right. Well, we tried clarinet and we learned our lesson. Get this kid on the saxophone. I want him an Arsenio stat.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure whether it was that like my parents had things figured out by the time that they uh, that my brother came along or they were just kind of over it. Uh, and uh, like uh, let, let my younger brother do more whatever he wanted. But either way, it seemed like that it was a totally different ball game.
6: I did love Marcus at one point during because Michael uh, was probably one of the better ones at the yodeling. Right, that's pretty much what wins them the leg. Is like Michael gets off to a hot start with the yodeling, and then they pretty much don't look back. I did love Marcus just like giving the advice in the background, right? Of make love to it. Yeah, like, oh, I've got an idea. Oh right. boy, yeah,
5: <laughs> yeah, Marcus is feeling like Michael. Like, yeah, he says uh, he's got to make love to it. That's so uh, that that's the secret to yodeling.
6: I don't know. I don't. Did he analyze the uh, the lyrics? Is that what ho- "hoi t hai means? I think it's
4: more that you had to do those hand motions. Yeah, the milking.
5: Yes, yes, yes. That's the twins were not doing the milking correctly.
6: Yeah, this really is like the we find out it's the boys to men of yodeling <laughs> they were performing.
5: <laughs> yeah, um, but a first place finish for Michael and Marcus. Uh, it was not a flawless leg for them but I took them number one when we did our draft and I felt like that this was a leg where you sort of uh, saw that potential from Michael and Marcus. And if they can get on the same page, they can be a very dominant team in this race.
6: Yeah, absolutely. I think they proved a lot as to like, why they were such a a team to watch going in. And they also had the wherewithal to be like, okay, we know our mistake from last time. We took off without even getting directions and that's what screwed us over. So let's take our time this time. And yeah, they make one small adjustment and they do really well. That's also a really great skill to have. I think to your point, the still... One big thing that's left over is, as Marcus opines at the end of this, or Alpines, uh, this idea of, like, we're both type A personalities. Uh, it seemed like maybe uh, due in part of the fact that the roadblock had Michael by himself, like, it allowed them to not necessarily butt heads over the course of it. We got them a little bit doing that in the bell task, but didn't ultimately lead to their downfall. I still think they might need to fix that, maybe get to know a bit more of each other in terms of their team dynamic. But yeah, I think they very much proved how they were able to easily rebound this week and definitely be a team to beat moving forward.
5: Yeah. And Michael was getting flustered, it seemed like. And Marcus was uh, the one that was able to sort of uh, like uh, maybe not to the degree that uh, Rex was trying to coach Tim, but like, uh, like all right, do we, do we need a minute? Do we need to take a break? Uh, and then ultimately uh, they got it. So they come in first place. Um, just I thought they got an interesting prize uh, for this leg like, of the amazing race. Phil told them you have won Expedia reward points for a trip to Lima, Peru. It's like, did I win a trip or did I win points?
4: Yeah, that seemed that seemed odd to me as well. Is like, do they have to spend it on Peru or could they spend it on something else? Like, could you just rack up all your points and go somewhere really baller? Mm-hmm. I mean, not that Peru is not baller, but I would, I would want to know. You would use like, your points somewhere else. I, I might use my points if I won two trips.
6: I might combine them and take one mega oh. trip. You know,
5: mega trip, mega trip. Uh,
6: Yeah, I I agree. But I sort of Mm -hmm. like that prize. Then this feels the most utilitarian out of all them, right? Like it's great to win a free vacation, but if you would have your pick of where to go, that's even Mm -hmm. better than just like, all right, I have to go to this country great thanks amazing race yeah. like they might have arguably gotten one of the better prizes in amazing race history
5: maybe yeah just can i accrue like more points is it like the challenge uh, and then if i lose does, can somebody steal my points
4: are these like garnets <laughs> like
6: genius
5: <laughs> yeah michael and marcus have forty thousand uh expedia points uh in their travel bank
6: Oh, man, too bad there's no U-turns on this. (laughs) That'd be a prime reason to U-turn somebody, right? I'm like, you got your points, man. I got to take them.
5: Mm -hmm. Yes, or, uh, okay, that if there were not elimination legs, all right, but we will be deducting half of your Expedia points. That is a penalty for ultimately. I I
4: feel like we accidentally started something, and I'm very worried this is going to now show up, and it's not a good idea. Mm -hmm. Or
6: if they are able to eventually get rid of the Amazing Race plane and bring back teams, book their own travel, what if it's like, okay if you have enough points you will get to the next destination but if you don't your journey ends here or you sit this in is the first like the class. fire tokens
4: yeah. <laughs> this is the fire tokens of amazing race it's too complicated.
1: Play for free at Luckylandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
5: The second team to finish on this Leg of the Amazing Race. Uh, we've been talking about them. It's Glenda and Lamumba, and they had just a great leg. All the way around. Uh, they were so much fun uh, to watch them that I was so glad they picked the uh, dancing task uh, that it was uh, very fun to watch them go through the dance. They talked through some of the challenges of Glenda being seven inches taller than Lamumba and having to twirl yeah. her.
6: I love the whole like uh, seventh grade play choreography stuff right (laughs) Like, all right hold out your finger glenda and Lamumba. you twirl her using that again like these dance are very qualitatively judged rather than quantitatively so yeah they didn't need to be exactly pitch perfect in terms of being hand in hand considering the height discrepancy (laughs) between the two and poor glenda having to limbo essentially Mm -hmm. they they just had to be near austrian style Mm -hmm. exactly that was near austrian style was holding out the one finger twirling
5: yeah um, what did we think about the detour names uh, for this? Uh, that it was, um, uh, I forget what the, uh, the uh, it was Bells Ringing or Partners Swinging.
6: Mm-hmm. And then I think uh, they saw, Glenn and LaMoma saw partner swinging. They're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Alternate routes to boom, boom. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't realize we were doing that this season. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: I was, I, when As soon as you said that, I'm like, I'm just going to let Mike go there.
2: Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah. Uh, let me sing some music to set in the mood. Yeah.
5: <laughs> I did uh, give a Phil Kogan raised eyebrow for the uh, couples that uh, jumped at the opportunity for partner swinging. Race yeah, to that side of the detour.
4: You know, it takes all kinds, Rob. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't shame on
6: this podcast. Yeah, of course not. We not anyone's yum. Yeah. No,
5: no. Okay. So Glenn, uh, Glenda and Lumumba, uh, they look like they, they are in great position to uh, be a real force in the race. Uh, anything else we want to talk about them from this leg?
6: No, it should be pointed out uh, that, yeah, two top three finishes. Not only that, two second place finishes in a row. We love consistency on the Amazing Race, particularly when it's consistently good, right? Because the Amazing Race, constantly changing every single leg. The fact that they were able to succeed pretty much on everything so far, yeah, it shows that they are a fairly strong team as long as they are on the same page. Again, next week, maybe the promos are a bit misleading. Seems like perhaps they're not going to be on the same page, but as long as they are, I think they were a really, really good team.
4: Mm-hmm. I mean, Glenda nailed that roadblock.
6: It looked like on the first try.
4: Yeah, that was did anybody
6: else do that? Yeah, I don't I don't think so. I think everyone else, uh maybe Maddie did it on the first try, maybe I'm confusing that with the dancing. But yeah, everyone else I think took two or more.
5: Mm-hmm. So yeah. Great job there by Glenda. Um and then our third place team uh was going to be uh Lytton and Shariq, who had a nice leg of the race. Uh, we got to learn even more about them. Um, we got to see uh, Linton. Um, did did Sharik say that he used to rap?
6: I think it's more of a casual thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to go back to Eminem and Marcus and Michael, but I don't think this is like the B Rabbit of Jamaica. You mm-hmm. know, like I, I think that Linton was just doing it casually on the side. But he also, I think, was someone that absolutely killed that roadblock. Uh, and I I really love linton and shariq i really like uh you know linton vocalizing this idea of you know i want to i didn't have a father growing up so i wanted to be in shariq's life all the time that's why i went to dance lessons with her essentially i think it's a really great relationship that again i'm I'm glad we had the extra time to see and they're also a really competent team they went fourth than third as well uh again showing that consistency i think you know they ended up being like the second to last pick in our draft i think we were just looking at sort of the age discrepancy behind it but like Linton's able to to keep up with some of these younger people. And I think they are a surprisingly strong team that I think could also be a good threat to take it Mm on.
5: Yeah. I think that maybe um, the thought of, you know, father and daughter teams, maybe after the last season, we thought maybe might not be at the top of the pack.
4: Yeah, but they hang in. Mm -hmm. They're tenacious.
5: They hang in there. Okay. All right. So then fourth place, somehow... Derek and Claire, let's talk about the tenacity of Claire and Derek X. Do they have a ship name?
6: So you had put cleric. out when the, infamous, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, when the infamous Us Weekly issue came out, you had said Cleric. I don't think it's caught on. I think it's just because, as you talked about last week, Derek has become Derek X outside of Big Brother. That, like, Cleric X sounds like an antihistamine instead of a ship name.
5: Ask your doctor if Cleric X works for you. Have you have delays of more than four hours? Consult Phil Kogan.
6: Yes, it's your yodeling. Subpar. Cleric Mm -hmm. X might be right for you.
5: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So for Derek and Claire, still, I mean, is there an adopted name for them?
6: Should we come up with something
5: now? I mean, uh, if we don't have it, uh, maybe people will let us know. Like, If they have a preferred name, I would love to use it. I just uh, feel like um, I feel like that these big brother couples tend to have a name.
4: You two would know better than I do.
5: Yeah. I, I maybe they don't have one.
4: What
6: about Derriere?
4: No considerate. Yeah. All the panache of a
6: sixth grade bully threw it out there, Mike. Yeah. That's that's my that's me, Chess in a nutshell. That's my taste.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
6: That's but yeah, true. I, I, I gotta give it up to them because initially going into this leg, right, we had said they did everything kind of near perfect in the first leg. And as they were vocalizing, like, yeah, we did everything right on the first try. We just have to keep at it. And I thought they had found their Achilles heel very early on with what happened with poor Claire. Sunk from first to 10th, again, as mentioned before. But really, they are master navigators. And I think maybe this was part of the comprehensive uh, preparation that Claire's parents had done with her and Derek prior to the race. But they are able to jump all the way up to fourth, I think due mostly to the fact that they got into Innsbruck and to the detour at an alarmingly quick quick rate compared to the other teams.
5: Yeah. You can prepare uh, to read maps. I guess you can't prepare to yodel before you go on The Amazing Race.
4: Yeah, I don't think that's on the short list. Like, that's way below walking around with a bottle on your head. Mm-hmm. As oh, no. Far as things you do to prepare.
6: Are, are we going to see future teams now, videos of them at home going, oh, eh, 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 while they're watching it on the TV just to practice?
4: I hope not. <laughs> if you're videotaping that, like, stop it now. Stop Nobody it. Nobody wants to see that.
5: Stop it. Yeah. Okay. So they ultimately get out of uh, yodeling. Uh, they are way behind the pack, but they make up a lot of ground and they get to the bell ringing and correct. Pick the correct side of the detour. Uh, and they're able to really ace the bell ringing.
4: This is something I think Derek voiced it. He said he played the piano. Mm-hmm. and This is very much. It's just counting and Picking up the right thing at the right time, like that's, that's piano skills.
5: It's all percussion.
4: It's all percussion. I played in a handbell choir for most of my childhood. Oh. I looked at this. I'm like, this is my five-hole task. Yeah, I could have done that all like by myself without a partner.
5: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I think that the problem was that you had to have a partner. Even if one of the people was good at it.
4: Yeah, that's true. Like your partner could really screw you. Mm Mm-hmm
6: what what i do find interesting is that at least from what marcus and michael seemed to vocalize they were thrown off by the weird al-esque accordion player mm-hmm. uh that weird alpine perhaps that was <laughs> playing along when the detour performance ended up happening do you think they were told about that in the clue and they missed it was this another like swerve to throw the teams off because i was surprised when there was an, a random accompanist that ended up backing up their handbells
5: well I don't know what the setup was of the, the venue, but you, you feel like that when other teams are going, I mean, and this wasn't the case for Michael and Marcus because they were there by themselves, but you would think you would hear the accordion, right?
4: I think it was in another room.
5: Mm-hmm. It looked
4: like you had to go to another room. It's possible yeah. you didn't hear it.
5: Accordions are pretty loud. It can be. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, Mike, got to roll with the punches. This is an amazing race. So.
6: Yeah, but I think these are two woodwind players, right? When you bring in something from the uh, the rhythm section, I think that's naturally bound to, to throw them off.
5: Okay. Um, we get to our fifth place team. Okay, uh, that is going to be, um, who is fifth? Uh, is it? Uh, croquetas. croquetas, yes. Okay. Uh, bounce back week for them.
6: I mean, yeah, it was very up and down for them. Uh, they were one of the ones to really get lost, besides Quinton and Maddie going to Innsbruck. But they recover fairly quickly, and yeah, they are able to to get their five hole right in the form of the dancing. I think that's pretty much the reason why they end up placing fifth. Is like they pretty much get it in only a couple of tries, if maybe only one. Uh, and it shows that like, even though uh, Luis is not a dancer. If you're married to a dancer, I think you've got to have at least some sort of rhythm, right? Hmm. Considering how much she probably does partner dancing with him at some point in their day to day.
5: Sometimes opposites attract, Mike.
6: I suppose so. But even in that case, like, uh, I don't know, initially, right, because uh, especially in ballroom dancing, like, the women oftentimes have to do much more than the men, right? That's the whole Ginger Rogers thing, did everything Fred Astaire did, but backwards and in heels. Mm-hmm. But the guys had to do the odd, uh, the, the knee slapping stuff. And it seemed like Luis was able to pull that off.
5: Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, kudos to them at Bounce Back Week for coming in fifth. Abby and Will, uh, they are ultimately going to be in uh, sixth place.
4: Yeah, there's not much to say about them. Their entire personality thus far has just been they're very excited to be here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
6: what do you think about uh Will's tr- uh, Matthew Turner-esque I- idealizations, right? Of like, well, yeah, we're just waiting on the ring fund. That's the only reason why I haven't proposed and maybe a million dollars would help that.
5: Mhm. Yeah. Look. Um you got to have a backup plan, too. You know, only one team's going to win the amazing race. Well,
6: I was going to say, like, uh, I think the sh- Abby would appreciate the gesture above the ring itself. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe this is uh, Chekhov's ring draw. Maybe there's a non-zero chance that Will, like, fashions his own and ends up... We do, uh, for the first time in a little bit, our, our since maybe, what, season 30, I think, with the lifeguards, a pit stop proposal.
4: hmm Yeah. I mean, maybe proposals are played out. Maybe Will and James did the best one, and we can't right, ever James, top it. Yeah. So... Yeah. I, I think maybe... Maybe map proposals are played out.
5: Yep. So kudos to Abby also, uh, who really aced the yodeling. Uh, she was also one of the people who uh, got it the quickest. So uh, they ended up uh, really jumping up. They were kind of started. I think they started in the last group. Uh, they ended up uh, making up some ground, finish uh, middle of the pack here uh, in sixth. Uh, so our 20s here um they ultimately uh ended up falling a couple of spots from last week and uh there there were some struggles here for the twins
6: see it's interesting though because i would argue they had more struggles last week but that was their stronger performance by placement i think it just just to show what like a cluster f the scramble was i, I will say Uh-oh. it was. i think it was i think it was Emily. Are not gonna like that mike listen come for me all right you're feeding me uh i I think that no i yeah exactly i think that uh, i think was it emily who did the yodeling uh i think had a fantastic deadpan right of like yeah it's easy you just have to you just have to understand it it's like poor rex and claire who are just like absolutely dying after five six seven attempts emily's like this is child's play Mm -hmm. i could get through this in two times without even sweating
5: yeah. It seems like that they had a little bit more struggle on the partner swinging, uh, where it was a little harder for them to, uh, know, uh, who is supposed to be in which role in the partner swinging.
6: I think the production was confused as well, right? Mm-hmm. When you have two identical people and you're like, all right, who am I adjudicating where?
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. I, and they, they had to point it out. It'd be like, well, she has earrings and she's going to be, you know, she's going to lead and I'm going to follow and she's, they had to point out all the little things. And these are usually things back when I was really very earnest about this podcasting gig, I would try to figure out which, which one was which in the, in the set of identical twins.
6: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know that I know Emily is the mother. That's the one I remember. Cause I know, and I think she's the one who's driving. Cause they talk about that, right. With like her having a lot of patience as opposed to Molly being the more like Go, go, go. But yeah, I love this story. I like them vocalizing. Like it's not even about the race days. We want the downtime to get to know each other. Uh, and Phil's like, no time at the pit stop. We don't want you to get to know each other. That's what makes the TV.
5: (laughs) Okay. Speaking of good TV, let's talk about the team that I, I think when all is said and done, I think this is the team that is going to pound for pound give us the most drama. And the most uh, conflict to talk about here on the season of the Race, And that is team love and light, ironically.
6: It's always the love and light people that cause the most drama, is it not?
5: <laughs> what I find is that the people that, that talk the most about the love and the light also uh, seem to also have uh, the most chaos around them. And that was the case uh, certainly this week for Rich and Dom. Uh, we got, again, Dom is a mer-fairy. Okay. Not not Murph from Tough as Nails. are <laughs> um, uh, they're, they're, I'm
6: just imagining a Murph maid, which um, is just like <laughs> King Triton and Murph like, Ariel, you can't go out and experience the world.
4: If he's looking for a Halloween costume, I think we solved it for him.
5: Yeah. Okay, so uh, they are out there. Um, it was a little bit of a struggle for Dom uh, with the yodeling. But you got through
4: it. Yeah, Yeah, not a remarkable struggle. No.
6: No, but what was interesting, though, is obviously the hat is going to become a big thing. Uh, But what I was intrigued by is, okay, they just left it in the car. They have to go back. I did not see the hat on Dom's head when they left the yodeling. So I... First of all, I 100% thought a team is going to forget their hat, right? Because we got it mentioned umpteen times. You have to wear the full costume, et cetera, et cetera. Those hats don't come cheap. But when Don left it with Dubs and Task without the hat, I thought they were boned because it was like, oh, you have to go back and get it. Well, it's all the way back at the freaking hillside with the lonely goat herd. Now Mm -hmm. they have to drive all the way back there. They're screwed. But no, it just turned out that I guess Dom put it in her backpack and left it in the car.
5: Yeah. So we get the moment where we hear the, you know, of course, the infamous Amazing Race. Wrong sound chime. And OK, here we go. Here's Chekhov's hat. All right. This is going to uh, come back at some point of that. They don't have it. Ultimately, they struggle also with the bells. Uh, that this is a struggle for them to uh, get through. And, you know, it's so interesting to see the team that's, you know, about positivity, you know, uh, how they're coping with um, adversity.
4: I thought something that I I want to break the fourth wall for a second and talk about this hat, because I wonder, is there a point like production obviously knew exactly where that hat was? Yeah. Production definitely knew they left it in the car. And that was why they were sent back to go get it, because if they had said if they had left the hat up on the hill with the lonely goat herd, they would have had a penalty instead of having Mm -hmm. to go back and get the hat.
5: Yeah. Phil clearly knew that uh, the hat was nearby. He's like, I strongly suggest you should go get the hat.
6: What I find interesting is usually in past Amazing Race seasons, Phil would say, you are team number X when they arrive, not Derek X. But if you faced a penalty or if you had to go complete something, they would say, you are the blank team to arrive. And that was the clue to us Amazing Race fans, right? Of like, oh, okay, they did something wrong. Uh, They have to go back and rectify something. But now Phil is willy-nilly, right, saying you are the blank team to arrive. And so it very much confuses me to be like, okay, but are they doing something wrong? I kept Hmm. waiting on pins and needles of like, is this another donate to the orphanage scenario from Amazing Race like 19, where everyone makes a mistake. Uh, But no, the vernacular just got a little bit more massaged over the course of this leg, at least, as Phil is using his very quiet indoor voice to greet these teams at the pit stop.
5: Yeah. All right, so they have to go back and look for the hat. And that sort of like opens up the door for uh, what we're going to have basically like this three-way finish for last place. So as uh, Rich and Dom uh, go get their hat, we see Aubrey and David check in. They're team number eight. Uh, A bigger week for Aubrey and David, but I still feel like that we don't really get uh, to know Aubrey and David. I might uh, know them the least out of uh, our, uh, uh, what do we have, 10 remaining teams?
6: Yeah, 100%. I am a little surprised, like maybe if we dedicated like two less minutes to the yodeling and two more minutes to an Aubrey and David segment. Uh, and they will, I will also say they're one of the more back of the pack teams. They remember we thought they might've been eliminated last leg, right? They ended up beating out Austin. And Nina came in 11th place. Now they came in eighth would have been in ninth. uh, were it not for rich and Dom with the hat. So I think they're one of the teams that is struggling the most, but also paired with the fact that we don't know a lot about them. We may be on the watch here, uh, but the time we do get a personal segment about them, our old friend personal story bump yeah. makes a return and that's the leg they're eliminated on.
5: <sighs> yeah, It'll be interesting. We have the mega leg, so we have two opportunities that we could get something from them, even if they're not eliminated coming up uh, next week. All right. Mike, you set up at the beginning of this. You really thought this was a great episode. Uh, We had uh, the excitement of who is going to be the last to arrive. We had three teams with three very different stories at this point. We talked about Rich and Dom having to go back and get the hat. Um, Let's bring back Quentin. Quentin and Maddie into this, uh, where we talked about how they were in the wrong country. They needed to now come back and get to where they needed to go. And then also ace the tasks. It just so happened, these were two tasks that were very much in their wheelhouse.
4: It was very interesting to me. Like they they had to have dancing because there are three teams that have professional dancers on the teams. Mm -hmm. But you have to strike a balance because it's really at a certain point, it becomes unfair to the teams that do not contain professional dancers.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
4: but yeah, it was really, it was cool to walk, watch them like just walk right into it and do the dance without any, without any kind of uh, struggle whatsoever. It seemed like. Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah, and, and we got to learn a little bit more, maybe one of the reasons why we thought it was going to be them going, right? is like at the beginning of the episode, we finally get to know them after they had a bit of a quiet first leg. They were far from quiet in this episode. But something we didn't really note during the preseason, uh, but it's a good reminder, Quinton was one of the first male NFL cheerleaders and I believe was the first male NFL cheerleader to perform at the Super Bowl mm-hmm.
5: last year. Yeah, um, and he also was uh, has military service, correct?
6: Um, oh, that is a good question. Did I make I that don't... up? You may have. I thought that was part of the story.
5: Okay, well apologies if uh, if I got that wrong. I don't want to have stolen valor for Quentin. <laughs>
6: Oh, no, you're you are. You're right about that. I believe he says, uh, well, he goes, I've also had, I'm reading a tweet that he had about uh, I've also had the opportunity to go on multiple military tours, meeting mm-hmm. inspiring and being inspired by so many men and women. So maybe he's performed at military. Yeah, shows? He might have done like a USO thing.
5: Got it. Got it. I thought he was uh, he was in the military and then he became a cheerleader. I thought that that's uh, so uh, my bad for. Uh, misinterpreting that but an impressive run for quentin and maddie who we thought could have been taken out early now i think are gonna be the i I suspect they get right back to the top of the pack
6: yeah i think this is very much like uh a marcus and michael-esque okay we were doing really well and then we had a one big catastrophic mistake and like survive by the skin of our teeth let's improve upon that. And so I would imagine they're going to double and triple check any people they ask for directions next time slash maybe do a bit of a, a common sense analysis of when somebody says drive to Austria and they say it's a 10 minute drive, do we think that could be legitimate or not?
2: Hmm.
5: Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, it's tough. These countries in Europe are all near each other, you know.
4: Yeah. Who, who even knows how big Europe is?
5: <laughs> it's hard to say. So, um, all right. They bounce back we'll see if uh, this issue with uh, directions rears its ugly head again for Quentin and Maddie. And then ultimately we get Tim and Rex. We talked about Rex uh, yodeling and having some struggles there. It was interesting that I thought that Rex seemed to not really struggle so much with the Bells. Uh, It was really Tim who seemed to have more problems. And uh, Rex compliments himself said he did a hell of a coaching job getting Tim through it.
6: Yeah, I mean, after every time, right, because since they were the only people there, they had the benefit of, unlike a queue being set up, uh, which I think is one of the reasons why Claire and Derek X fall so far, right? Like, Rex and Kim can just try again and again and again and again right in front of the judges. And so it was interesting to have them keep failing and for Tim to be like, God dang it. And then for Rex to be like, no, we got this. We're going to do it next time. We're going to do it next time. Mm-hmm. Uh, very motivational. I think Rich and Don would be very proud of the job that Rex was doing, trying to keep his teammate going right there in front of the bells.
4: Yeah. yeah and, the, and the celebration when they finally got it, I thought was great. When he's like screaming on the last ring, that was,
6: that was wonderful. Yeah.
4: like. I, liked, I, I yeah. was celebrating with them.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah, really great sell-up victory uh, gesture from Rex in both tasks here. I also love him on the yodeling roadblock. Right, it, it took him like five tries, but after every time he was like finish off the note, he'll be like, come on, it's happening this time! I've got it! Like, really trying to manifest uh, a clear signal from the judges. But almost always, it would never happen. And then he finally blissfully got it and started yodeling on his way out.
5: So the episode title this week is uh, Patience is the New Me. Uh, That's a quote that is said by Rex in the episode. How much of a thing is it that the person that says the quote that has the name of the episode is the team that gets eliminated?
6: Is there any science to this? There's I no sense to it. There's no correlation. I think they just pick the best soundbite. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I would imagine, listen, there are so many Amazing Race episode titles that I'm sure it has happened a handful of times, but it almost never corresponds to how well a team is going to do. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah. Um, interesting. Uh, let me just give you the, the Amazing Race 33 episode titles and see if uh, any of them... Uh, ring a bell, as uh, we saw Rex and Tim struggle with. Uh, are, any, are any of them, um, okay. Uh, episode one was, we're back. Okay, maybe, maybe Phil said that. Okay. Um, number two uh, was, uh, said, was, the quote was, it can't
4: be that easy.
5: I got to think that that was, Penn said that when he was uh, going through the clues. Uh, and, yeah, uh, they have the, it the, written
6: out on Wikipedia, Rob. Yeah, oh, that was it was the, it was the mail rail. Task. Okay, then then yep. just, you take it. Okay, well, third
4: one was who has this one in the bag, and that was a roadblock prompt.
6: Okay. Oh.
4: And then a lot of these, like I would say, the majority of these are not even racer quotes for thirty three. So thirty three is kind of an outlier. Um, Episode four was called Ready to Restart the Race. Mm-hmm. And that was apparently something Phil said. Yeah. Um, episode five was called Stairway to Hell, and that was Akbar, mm-hmm. uh, which that might have been their episode. I can't remember.
5: No, it was non elimination um, leg.
4: Non elimination leg. Okay. Yeah. So episode six was Say Cheese, which is a detour title.
5: Yes. Now, so- w- now I'm assuming that was with the, the maggot cheese. Uh, yeah. Like, okay. Jess, did you watch the challenge, uh, the challenge CBS? I did not. Okay. So Kayla, you know, I don't want to spoil things, uh, but did very well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, And uh, there was a point that they had to eat gross food and the gross food they had to eat was they had to eat a whole onion and a bunch of cloves of garlic. And Kayla really struggled with this. She was uh, getting many of them were getting sick. Uh, and Kayla said, I, I would have rather eaten the maggot cheese again than eat the whole raw onion.
4: I, I'm i not a fan of raw onion. I could see that. Mm-hmm. I could see having to eat a lot of it. That still seems like that's pretty weak sauce as far as gross food. Yeah. Well,
6: I mean, definitely. Uh, but listen, weak sauce is the mildest way to describe the finale of the challenge. <laughs> I, think, I think it was. There I were think some it was other issues. Qu- yeah, the sauce was uh, funky at best. I-, I think it's the the quantity of it, right? Like the maggot cheese. If I co- recall correctly, like they didn't have to eat a lot of it yeah. at all. Uh, I was just it's more like, so the, oh my god, yeah. we have to do this. Uh, this was, yeah, eat a ho- eat a whole raw onion. I think the the problem was a whole raw uh, was the really the descriptors that ended up making a- it for a bad time. Okay. But yeah, it was an interesting, like amazing race throwback to have that actually mentioned uh, on the challenge proper. Mm-hmm. Okay.
5: And then that's okay. episode two, that's the
4: second leg of the amazing race. Uh, anything else that we want to highlight while we're here? Um, I wanted to highlight the greeter for this leg of the race. Yes. She looked like a Disney princess, mm-hmm. and it was this, this beautiful palatial setting. And then you had Phil Kogan standing next to her, dressed in Phil Kogan clothes, looking like a total scrub. <laughs>
6: yeah phil was interesting because again i mentioned it before but it felt like he was using his indoor voice when he was greeting yes. teams, and i guess it, ma- it makes sense given that this is a museum but the memo did not get communicated to the teams it feels <laughs> like you are team number three and they are screaming their faces off like they won the lottery can't
5: hide that excitement
2: what are yeah, you gonna do uh-
6: yeah.
4: I, I feel like sometimes they give them rules. Like if you are in, if you have the pit stop in a museum, you have to walk. But yeah. I also remember Penn yelling in the museum last season was kind of a highlight.
5: Yeah. Um, Mike, it's just another reason that uh, the Murph fairy uh, should have been there. Like, wow, Phil, it's really a great honor that we're team number seven. <laughs> So really and then they just have that. like
6: a low to- they have a low talking contest Yeah. Maybe, maybe it could have also been that Phil was sick this could have been like that one tribal council in Survivor Palau when Jeff mm-hmm. uh, had a hoarse voice all, all of a sudden out of nowhere that maybe Phil was just under the weather was like move me inside mm-hmm. I need an excuse to talk quietly to these teams
5: Roofer Lee would not have been good he would have been yelling mm. about it being a wang dang doodle of a
6: leg. yeah if we're, if we're going with the infamous Murph made Danny team uh, that Danny would have been like literally bouncing off the wall
5: Yep. Okay. Yeah. All
6: right.
4: Uh, I, they have that sound effect. the you know, the old crap sound that, um, yes. the gamelon slash water harp. I'm not sure what it is. Sounded exactly like the bells. So when people screwed up on the bells, it was very confusing. Mm-hmm.
6: <laughs> yeah. Maybe we finally figured out the source of the Foley, uh, much like last season's task, right. Of like how they do the screw up sound. They just took one of those handbells and said, this is how we make the music on the amazing race for when you're, you screw up much like you do in this task.
5: I pull back the curtain. Okay. Uh, next time we are going to have uh, leg number three the mega leg where are we headed for the mega leg or part one of the mega leg
6: I'm not sure I, I, I think mm, I'm not entirely sure actually I don't know if we are flying somewhere else or if we're staying in Austria for another leg here's a big question so the mega leg infamously in uh, you know 32 when it was quote unquote introduced even though it existed beforehand essentially two legs crammed into one Now, Amazing Race is going back to one hour. Does that mean we're going to get essentially a to-be-continued next week and that the next elimination is going to happen two weeks from now instead of next week?
4: That's my guess. Yeah. I think this is how we account for no non-elimination legs. We cheap out and we give us a (sighs) mega leg.
5: Yeah. I mean, I would be surprised if it's anything else but that.
6: Right, so I think for people, adjust your dials. We're not going to get... Because I think Amazing Race 32 did the mega leg in one big two-hour block. Mm-hmm. We're not getting that. We are done with the time slot shenanigans. We're now back to one-hour Survivor, one-hour Amazing Race moving forward.
5: Okay, my question is, how many mega legs will we get?
6: So there were 12 pit stops, and if you eliminate a team at the end of every leg, there would theoretically only be 10 legs, a.k.a. 10 episodes. So I'm imagining we're going to get two mega legs uh i would say probably one at the beginning now and i would imagine probably not one until like the end right until like the final five final four that could be an interesting way to do the quote unquote penultimate leg is like one big okay here's your final race to the finish uh you know give it everything you've got so you can eke it across those final three spots that would be my initial assumption because we also have to remember that, again, this is going up against Survivor. It has to finish before Survivor finishes, right? Because Survivor does that big three-hour time chunk in the in which it does its finale on a Wednesday. Unless Amazing Race is going to air on a different day, like Big Brother did its finale, it has to finish before, before Survivor does. And so I'm imagining if Survivor is going to go like 13, 14 weeks, that would put this at about 12 weeks or so.
5: Okay. All right. Mark your calendars accordingly. All right. We'll leave it here for uh, Amazing Race uh, episode number two. Uh, Jess, what's coming up for you?
4: Um, well, at the time you're listening to this, um, we, have, we have plans to talk about The Walking Dead over on Post Show Recaps um, with Josh Wigler and AJ Mass and Chappelle and the Season 11 C premiere is going to be happening this Sunday and then Monday morning you'll be able to hear us talk about everything that happened in that episode and then we're going to be covering Walking Dead all season so I've got two podcasts a week and then there is another project that is on my horizon oh. that I'm not allowed to talk about yet oh. so we're going to oh. we're going to keep that are keep that on the down low but I'm going to be up to three podcasts a week starting very very soon wow. but I can't tell you what it is
5: Okay, very uh very secretive. Okay.
4: All right. I mean, you know what it is, Rob.
5: I know. I know what it tell. is. I, I mean, I, I don't know. You wanna, can't tell. Yeah, don't reveal all the secrets. No, of course I'll mic after the show's over.
6: We'll tell him no, after the No, I'm intrigued. Show. Yeah. Okay. I don't know.
5: All right. Mike Bloom has very many public projects to <laughs> tell us about.
6: I i'm nothing but public rob Mm -hmm. i think uh at at this point considering how much talking and writing i do yeah i mean i also just want to give final thoughts again my hat off to the amazing race this Uh, episode bring the hat back mike okay sorry my hat on for this episode uh show off the feather there as well yeah i i really enjoyed this i like the the ability to get to know the teams a bit better uh and the excitement at least i think made it worth a 90 minute episode for me so again Consider me, I already tweeted this out for Survivor, but thumbs up on, at least in the early stages of these shows, making 90-minute episodes, a la The Challenge. Uh, But, as you said, Rob, a lot of CBS reality going on out there. In particular, the Big Brother 24 finale happened. Uh, I was able to be the first boots on the ground and talk with the final three house guests, um, Taylor, Monty, and Turner, mm-hmm. uh, if you have seen uh, the, I'm Ma- a clip from the Monty interview has caught a bit viral in the yeah. past few days. So if you want to check out the source material behind that, hey, just uh, this my, Mike Bloom com. is
5: a, a real tough interviewer.
6: That's what I hear. Yeah, tough as nails interviewer. Mike's, that's what uh, Phil, uh, Mike going to
5: call you out on your BS.
6: That's that's what I that's what I come for. Yeah. Listen, I am Mr. B.S., so it takes one to know one. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can check all all that going on. But the, the churning continues when it comes to CBS reality. As you mentioned, I will have my own interview with Rex and Tim happening later today. Very excited for that. Again, these guys were such characters and I'm sure they're going to have a lot of really fun thoughts. I'll also have my interview with the second contestant voted out of Survivor 43. Uh, And then, of course, the B&B is happening. Uh, We're going to be doing a Survivor episode this weekend with Big Brother Canada 10 winner Kevin Jacobs. Oh, that's fun. Which should be... Yeah, it's going to be very exciting. The little winter baby is going to come on and talk about uh, a very non-winter setting in Survivor. And then we're also going to do a B- a Big Brother wrap-up as well with Maggie Morgan. And then over on Pusha Recaps, doing my usual-ish with House of the Dragon and The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, uh, talking fantasy stuff, having a lot of fun with, with that as well. Lots of fun has to speak about there. So yeah, plenty of things going on. Uh, but I'm happy that we're sort of now the couple of weeks of on-ramping some reality shows and off-ramping other ones are blissfully coming to an end for my own schedule's sake again we're just getting back to one hour survivor one hour amazing race moving forward and considering how both seasons have gone so far i'm really happy to keep moving with them both
5: Okay. Well, this was very fun. I uh, really enjoyed uh, this episode of The Amazing Race. Looking forward to uh, getting back with the both of you uh, next week to talk about episode number three. Of course, uh, we have everything uh, going on with Survivor and some fun interviews uh, as well up at uh, com. So be sure to uh, check that out. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything we drop. com slash subscribe. Thank you so much for listening. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye.